Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you love me? Now there's a question that gets to the bottom of it all, doesn't it? It's a question I think that touches on the very meaning of life. How many of y'all want to go to uh, go to work on Monday and tell all your coworkers that you learned the meaning of life on Sunday? Is it not? You already know the meaning of life. Isn't it about loving and being loved? Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that what the short span of life that we have for us to know and love other people and to ourselves experience that love? That love that behind all the universe is called God. Today we have uh, Peter's experience of this, loving and being loved. We uh, pick it up, well really, three weeks back. Remember the story, Peter? Holy Week. Jesus is arrested. And he denies Jesus. How many times? Three times. There was a charcoal fire there, John says, in John 18. And when he comes into the high priest's precincts, the woman who keeps the gate said, I know you, you are one of the disciples. And Peter says, no, I no I'm not. And then it says there was a group there warming themselves around this fire. And they say, aren't you one of the disciples? No. Lastly, it says a man who was a relative of the slave whose Peter's who Peter cut off his ear, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane, says, I saw you in the garden. No, you didn't. Three times. He was afraid. He was a coward. He was ashamed to be known as one of Jesus' associates. This man whom he loved and followed and gave his whole life to. He now denies, betrays, as if he never knew him at all. How do you recover from something like that? Well, Jesus has a way of uh, helping us recover. We see it with what happens to Peter. He builds a charcoal fire you know, the only two times that the words charcoal fire appear in Scripture are in John's Gospel. John 18, at the threefold denial of Peter. And here, John 21, with the threefold affirmations of Peter. Jesus builds a fire on the shore. Come, have breakfast. You can imagine Peter getting out of the boat and stepping ashore and smelling that fire and all the memory, right? All the garbage, all the shame comes up at the last time he smelled that smell. Do you know this? The olfactory sense, the sense of smell, is the sense that is most strongly connected to memory and emotion. It doesn't say that in the Bible. That's what psychologists and scientists have discovered, people who study the brain. But you know that to be true too, right? Your grandparents' house. Maybe the smell of dad, 
you know, everyone's crazy about an aqua velva man. <laughs> Maybe it's a place. I have a friend from Georgia who says, Georgia smells different. When I go there, I am taken back a wave of emotions and memories of where I grew up. So Jesus builds a fire. He's a genius, a healer, because he wants to undo what was done. He wants Peter to know that he will not be remembered by his failing and his cowardice. He's going to be remembered by his love and his devotion. He says, let's play this again. Three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Maybe it's that third time that, you know, the fire and the threefold answers and questions, it's getting to Peter. He's upset, but it's a gift. Peter now is the one who has affirmed his love for Jesus three times and now goes out in that love, receiving that love, that forgiveness, that grace that Jesus so tenderly, patiently offered Peter in that moment. He goes out forgiven, restored, and ready to love again. How is he going to do it? Well, that's where the story kind of goes from past to future with Peter. He undoes the damage. He undoes the betrayal, the denial. But he also tells Peter how to pay it forward. If Peter loves Jesus now, it's going to mean loving Jesus' people, right? Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. We're the sheep, <laughs> the people of God. We are the flock of Christ. This is a reminder for Christian people that loving Jesus is about loving Jesus' people, loving his flock. You know, we probably all know someone who is, you know, just crazy about the Lord, but not pretty good at loving people. Maybe they don't even like people, but they love the Lord. <laughs> they love Jesus, but maybe they're kind of arrogant. Maybe they're kind of judgmental. Maybe they're um, mean. You know, Saul was like that. You catch that in the first, sentence, uh, first reading? He was so zealous for God that he was destroying a community. He was persecuting the church. He would round them up. These heretics, this renegade sect of Judaism. He was there approving when uh, Stephen was murdered. He was doing God a big favor with all of that. Killing the Christian people. But notice when Jesus appears to Saul on the road, he doesn't say, hey, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am my people. We're called the body of Christ. Jesus' body. We are Jesus' presence on, work, on earth. It's like with Saul, to hate Jesus is to hate his people. To love Jesus is to love his people. 
It's a reminder to us as the church that our business is loving one another as Jesus himself. The more we say we love Jesus, we should more deeply be in love with the body of Christ, the body of Jesus, loving, serving, tending, feeding his people. Our love for the Lord should not be abstract or something in our own heads or even in our own hearts. It should be lived out by drawing us deeper into community with one another. Now look, I have a lot of sympathy for folks who don't like institutional religion or organizational religion. People who have been hurt by the institutional church or by Christians and who've said, I'm done with those people. And there's a lot of nonsense that happens in churches. I get that. But you do have to ask the question, what about community? What about loving other people? What kind of spirituality doesn't get played out somehow by investing your lives in real men and real women and real children who are fellow travelers through this short life? I mean, we were created for community, weren't we? It's not good to be alone. We were meant to love and to be loved. And that's why we have a church. That's why Christ called a community around him to bring us into this business of love whereby we learn to love, we learn to be loved by the way we forbear with one another, forgive one another. I mean, I think sheep is an apt uh, metaphor for the community. You know that sheep aren't known for their um, strong intellectual powers? <laughs> you know, sheep can be kind of uh, rogue and go astray and go off the path and fall into ditches and get in a lot of trouble. Kind of like, um, oh, some Christians I know. No names, of course. People in this flock. But it's all sort of built into the system. We are imperfect people called to a community with one another where we do put up with one another and love one another and persevere with one another and gather together with one another and celebrate together and mourn together. That's how we love Jesus, by loving one another, by loving actual human beings. Our community muscles are kind of weak, aren't they, these days? If the church is the body of Christ, you might say, um, the church needs to go to the gym. Build up those community muscles. You know, before COVID, we would gather a lot. We had a full church full of people. Fellowship was well attended. Now, we're struggling. Maybe uh, to the folks who are online, I might say this. We miss you. It's great that we're online, isn't it? Not everybody can come to church. We have homebound folks. We have people who are sick. 
Certainly during the pandemic, it was a safe way for us to keep a sense of community and worship going together. But church is about this embodied body. Not a virtual community, but an in-person community. I mean, the whole feeding, eating, and drinking sort of thing that goes through this passage, right? Jesus says, feed my sheep. He's cooking breakfast. He's giving them bread. Just like you're going to get bread in a second. Church is where we feed together around an altar. You can't do that virtually. Church is where we feed together after the service and we're involved in one another's lives and we get to say, how are you doing? I care for you. We love Jesus by loving one another. So let's fill this place back up. Let's invite folks. Let's hope people we haven't seen since COVID hit will come back in person, embodied into our community. That's the way Jesus would want it. That's the work of the church. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Tend. What a great word. Nurture. Support. Guide. My sheep. Do you love me? Feed. 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 My sheep. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.